Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hello to my Frame Chasers, it's Wednesday and you already know what it is, a new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today I'm with T. Lee. T, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here, man. Now, before we get into the cast, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And remember, if you're a Patreon member, we have three different tiers to let you listen to the podcast from three days to a week early. So, basically that means a dollar, you get to listen to the podcast three days early. Two dollars, you listen to the podcast five days early, and if you li- if you listen that or spend that five dollars for the top tier, you get to listen to next week's podcast today. Oh my god! Nice, right? And also, just to be casual about this too, we are now selling T-shirts finally of hashtag Frame Chasers, yeah, or hashtag Frame Chasers. Sorry, on teespring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. I'm sorry, guys. I messed up on the store, and I'm too lazy to go back and fix it, to be honest. <laughs> but we got men's and women's t-shirts, basically ranging from about $20 to about $25. $25 is that tri-blend, actually $25.99 is that tri-blend uh, t-shirt. Basically, you got three different colors. It's really nice, soft, I think. Hopefully, I'm getting that in the mail soon, so I will be wearing it and representing it on the show soon. Nice. Yes. And then uh, they're in crew and v-neck, and let's get ready to rock and roll those today, man. So... Let's get to it. Let's get to the cast. And who's ready to chase those streams today? So, T, first question, which I ask everyone on the podcast, is where are you from originally? Man, I'm a hybrid, brother. I'm a hybrid. So, I'm like uh, L.A. and Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a first yeah. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Los Angeles and San Antonio, Texas. Sound town. <laughs> so, I grew up uh, virtually uh, maybe... 20 minutes in walking distance from uh, the Astrodome in okay. uh, San Antonio, but That's then cool. also on a farm out there. So, you know, wow. throwing haystacks and raising pigs and goats and chickens, all that good stuff. Holy yeah, moly. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> then in L.A., uh that's the hood side for me. <laughs> right in the middle of South Central, right where they shot uh, Boys in the Hood. And, oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's like I was I was a good blend of both aspects. <laughs> so did you did you uh were were you born 
Texas? Or so I was born in Los Angeles. Okay. And then once I hit about six months old, I okay. had to keep going. I was going back and forth between L.A. and Texas. Ah, so okay, My gotcha. father, his side of the family was Texas. My mom, her yeah. side is L.A. Gotcha. Yeah. What a, what a mix. Yeah, yeah. It was nice blend, brother. So, you know, <laughs> nice, tall, dark, thick chocolate, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the next question I ask everyone on the podcast is what was that first... Film, TV show, actor, actress, whoever it was that said, that spoke to you and said, you said to yourself, this is the business I've chosen. Man. Ugh. Ugh. Let, me, let me get that elderly man. Uh, taking <laughs> it back. Woo! Um, <laughs> you know, it was a couple of things like yeah. that I used to watch growing up. It was... More like, you know, if I was I was watching um, you know, Family Matters, yeah, the Jamie Foxx show, mm -hmm. uh the Martin, yeah. you know, Wayne Brothers yeah. show, Sister Sister, um oh, such a Step good by Step, you step, know. The reverse right. Brady Bunch. The reverse Brady Bunch and no one ever really says anything. Right, dude. Like all these shows <laughs> at that time it was like watching kids have fun on TV, yeah. you know. Even the Cosby show back then. Yeah. Um uh, I just I always wanted to entertain people. I always figured like, man, the best way to entertain and make people laugh is get on TV. Yeah. And and that's what I was like. That's what my focus was. Let me get on TV. Let me just enjoy getting paid to do what I love to do. Yeah. And, and that's that's what I think drove me the most. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always just, you know, being silly around the house. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, I, me and my cousins, man. Oh, man, they probably gonna hate me for saying this. <laughs> but um, me and my cousins, so... Oh. For the holidays, we would have these uh, <laughs> these uh, impromptu talent shows. Okay. Whoa. So, okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, we would do, like, say, different songs. And so the girls would come up with something. The boys would come up with something. And we had, like, these dance routines, rapping. Oh, my God. You know, uh, back then, housing was in. So it was <laughs> like we, we virtually break dancing on the floor. Um, actually, one of my cousins posted a video. There's a video oh my on our social media. We're like, oh my God, what did you do? Take this down. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, but entertainment was always in my blood, man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was like that was that was the biggest thing that those are the those are the shows yeah, that yeah. inspired me to want to just entertain and just make people laugh. Like yeah. those shows used to make me laugh so hard in tears. They still man. make me laugh. I was watching uh, Family Matters recently. And I forgot how good yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. And that's what I've been watching on Hulu.com. Oh, you binge watching? <laughs> yeah, binge, binge watching Urkel? I, uh, I've, been, I've been them for up to like four seasons. And I, I've, I've wow. Been, I've been, yeah, and then I like kind of got, fell off the side a little bit. I was trying to go through step by step first, but I was like, not right now. I still haven't. I think I started step by step, yeah. but. Family Matter just had that. I gotta see what's yeah. going, what we gonna, what they're gonna and do the next. It's episode. so crazy because if you look at like the first couple seasons, it's all about family, and yeah. then by like season yeah. three or four, Urkel's just it's a just bit, about Urkel. Yeah, <laughs> and then the crazy thing too is like you, you, it's funny because they pulled the Fresh Prince because it, it changed. Uh, yeah, the moms. Harry. Yeah, the moms. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's so much drama on yeah. those shows, especially all those shows that have the kids. Yeah, growing up on the show, yeah. and then one of the kids ends up being the breakout star. Look at Full House, no? It was like, right, right. It's like then all of a sudden you start switching people around, yeah. or some people not in the episodes as much as the others, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like don't know what to write. They don't even I mean, have to work together no more. Yeah. I, I haven't watched Fuller House season five, but I hope Urkel's in it. Oh. Apparently, there's a rumor that they're trying to get Urkel back for an episode. Really? Yeah, because Urkel was in wow. Full House for an episode. Right, yeah. I remember, so, but I. 
I haven't even made it through season one of Fuller House. Yeah, it's not for everyone. So really, <laughs> I, like, I knew a person who watched it, and they're like, I can't get past season two. And I'm like, I love this fucking show. I gotta watch it. <laughs> I think I'm trying too much to watch. Like, I love mean, it. some shows, you know, they bring back the original cast, yeah. and it's like, like it's supposed world, to draw yeah. you back in. Yeah. Like, even they're revamping Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah, that was another again. show that that's I, like the third, I used to watch like, like faithfully. Yeah, you know that's like the third time though they're bringing it back. Yeah, because they had the the next class or yeah. something like that, but Which, now they're supposed to bring the original, yeah. some of the original cast members. Well, they did the same, uh, same thing with Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. But they really they made it meta as shit. I heard. Uh, like, I don't. It was about don't them know. as themselves. I never watched it. I, I never, never watched, watched the, either. But uh, I saw the, the, pre- the remake. I yeah. watched the previews or whatever, like oh, the okay. trailers, and I was like, huh? So. <laughs> But anywho, we all we all we go off tangent on this podcast a little bit. But um, just to ask you also, so as a child, you said you're doing those things with your family. Mm. Were you doing anything like filming wise with your friends, acting with your friends, doing anything of that of that nature too? Like when um, did you start doing like stuff like that? Did you like go into drama in high school or anything like that nature? Yeah, you know, I did do drama in high school. Like, I mean. Man, I was I was one of those kids that just did you know back then when we played outside. Yeah, um, I was one of those kids that did everything outside. Yeah. Like me and my cousins grew up more like brother and sister. Yeah. So everything we did was mostly with my family. Yeah, because it's so many of us. Yeah. So we would have like a club for everything: bike club, skateboard club, <laughs> karate club, a ninja club. Like we actually made some really dangerous weapons. <laughs> we were flipping off cars, all that stuff. Like we really like enjoyed life yeah. and so as far as the entertainment aspect of it man i i would go on auditions and i remember me and my cousins went on this audition for a michael jackson's heal the world video okay and it was like this whole big casting call in in la yeah and we went and two of my cousins so one of my cousins was selected he didn't even want to be in the entertainment business. He's he just that wasn't his thing. Oh my gosh. He just went just because it was an opportunity yeah. just to be in a video. Yeah. So when they we all auditioned, they called his house <laughs> trying to reach him. He wasn't there. And so uh my other cousin that went because there were only three three of us that went into audition for it. Yeah. My other cousin answered the phone. And he was like, Hey, uh no, he's not here. And they, they was like, Hey, um, he was like, Who who are we speaking to? And he said his name. Yeah. And they were like, oh, okay, well, hey, we were uh, calling for, but we didn't know you guys were, you know, cousins or, yeah, you know, yeah. related. Um, we have two spots if you guys want to be in the video. Yeah. I was in Texas at the time. Oh, shit. I, I was so heated. I was pissed because I was like, dang it, I should have answered the phone. And so they booked both of them to be in the video. And it like, they, um, it aired, you know, at that time when it was like, you know, MTV. And it was airing on MTV, and uh, they even picked some of the kids to go to the Super Bowl that year with Michael Jackson. Oh, shit. And so they did, like, when he did the whole Heal the World thing in the Super Bowl. So I missed out on all that. All that. I was out there. Could have been front and center. Man, man. I was like, that could have been the start, you know? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I uh, I did some stuff in high school, yeah. um, elementary school. Yeah. I always love when we do the little performances during elementary school yeah. and stuff like that. Um, in high school, I couldn't get... Like, it was more of a popularity contest in high yeah, school. Yeah. I knew everybody, but it, you had to be the one that was like, everybody's going to vote for that person. Yeah. So one one dude, he, um, we both were on the football team, mm-hmm. and but I, I hung out with everybody randomly. So I never yeah. had like where I was always, I never hung out with the football team. I yeah. 
Turn they always stood yeah. right by the cafeteria, and yeah. it's like we're just gonna be here hanging out just to show everybody we on a football team, just like living. right, like <laughs> oh yeah, there's jocks over there. <laughs> so so he already had the football team support and people voting, yeah. you know, so who's gonna get what roles and things like that. So. I was just the, I would play the extra characters, okay. you know, kind of thing. So, I mean, it was still fun because I like being on the stage in front yeah. of, you know, the audience and the school and things like that. So, um, that was probably the extent of my youth years when it came to um, performances and things yeah. like that. Were you ever like, ner- would you ever get stage fright from that, doing that, even though I know like you, you know, entertained your family in that regard, but it's not your family. You're doing it in front of like a whole bunch of other people. You know, I think it was more of an adrenaline. Adrenaline? Yeah, adrenaline, it just, I was always excited. Like, yeah. I wanted to be in front. Yeah. I wanted everybody's attention to so look at me. So you were the me. kid, you were the kid who raised your hand first in Yeah, life. yeah. It's like, well, who's going to do it? It's me. <laughs> but you it's didn't it. know what we're doing. Who else to do it? <laughs> right, right. I was like, you know, because I was more like the class clown. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just loved attention. Yeah. So, I mean, I used to videotape in class. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> where the teacher would get upset because I'm, I'm filming and, yeah. you know, it's like, I think that was the editor- and and director bug in me at that yeah. time because I wanted to like cut different videos together yeah. and so uh, I remember one time the teacher was telling me he was like yeah, I need you to turn that camera off and I turned the camera to the teacher nah I'm good <laughs> and so and I kept filming the rest of the class and so um but yeah it was I, I took a break after high school okay because um, I went to school in Alabama. Oh and wow! So yeah, and I just wanted to get out of LA, you know, just to wait, wait, Auburn, Alabama, or no, Talladega, Alabama. So oh. it's a small HBCU, like okay. Talladega, like Talladega College, where yeah. they film Talladega Nights. Oh, okay. that that city. Oh shit! Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask that next. Was yeah, that like I I actually did a like work study at the Speedway. Oh shit! Yeah, that was my first time ever going to like a um a NASCAR a NASCAR event. What was, it was that experience? So loud yeah. man! It was loud, dude, and. Fans, boy, they're faithful, but we was in Georgia, too. Oh, boy. So, you know, clo- or close to Georgia. So we were only like an hour and a half from Atlanta. Yeah. So that you had like Confederate flags all <laughs> over the freaking place. <laughs> and you had like babies in Confederate diapers and women in Confederate dresses. And so it was like, you know, you had this... Uh, this black college of students just coming to work yeah. at the Speedway. So, of course, we're looking like we're taking it back a few decades. Because <laughs> the way they were taking us to, like, our areas was, like, on the back of a tractor bed. So it just it just looked all bad. <laughs> it just looked all bad. So we had to deal with a lot of, um, I think, and it's funny because you would say, man, this, that day and age, to deal with racism and stuff like that, it was, it was nowhere near as far back yeah as and as extreme as it was but we still got the comments yeah we still got people that were like on top of the stands above us if we're cleaning like under the bleachers yeah spitting policies down at us and stuff like that wow. yeah it was crazy that's, it was crazy it's crazy the deep south is still it's, yeah I mean, it was I, still I mean, it was still ugly like that i'm still i bet you it's still like that too which is crazy and 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 that's the thing it's because the, the comfortability of the area yeah. and so i i just took a break from acting because i just needed to get out of la yeah i started getting too wrapped up in the gang life yeah, and, yeah. and just making a lot of poor choices like when you got when you got situations happening where like police helicopters are out and oh, yeah. and police are blocking the exits where you can't go nowhere. That's a problem. Yeah. Pro- <laughs> oh, that, it was a problem. That's so. not a problem. That's a solution. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to look at this stuff and look back at situation. And, and so I got out of L.A. and went to Alabama for a while. 
and I did about three years out there, yeah. and then but that acting bug was still calling me. Okay. And you know, there's no acting going on out there unless you're gonna do a commercial for the Piggly Wiggly or something. <laughs> <laughs> Piggly Wiggly. The Piggly Wiggly. It exists. <laughs> So I'm just, I, I thought of Piggly Wiggly. I thought of Bill and Ted, but now I'm like, oh, it's Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> right. I like driving Miss Daisy. I'm trying to take it to the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, you know, because uh, Talladega was such a small town, yeah. man. Like, the mall was Super Walmart. Oh. You know, so yeah, it's that, it's that small. Holy shit. And so, um, but I, you know, the acting bud just kept calling me yeah, back, yeah. man. And after doing about three years out there, I transferred to UNLV. Okay. And, I didn't want to go back to LA because I was like so used to living on my own at that yeah. point. And so I went ahead and went back to, uh, I transferred to UNLV okay. and uh, finished up over there to where um, I was close enough to LA where I could still drive yeah. if I had auditions or anything yeah. like that. But I mean, at that point, I didn't have an agent yet. So yeah. it was just the my admirations to get to where I was trying to be. Yeah. You know, I, I was just inspired to get closer. Because you can't follow your dream unless you get put yourself in a mix. Yeah, you know. And oh, so I get it. Alabama wasn't a mix. So in U- <laughs> at UNLV, you majored in acting? No, I was actually a communications major. Okay, close. Because I always said not as a backup plan, but yeah. on the side yeah. with acting, I always wanted to do motivational speaking. Okay, and cool. so I would do that within the school systems in uh, LA. Yeah, and so um, I would go to like the different inner city schools, my old inner city school, and you know, uh, talk to their life skills classes. Yeah. And so, uh, and you know where I got to use my communication skills. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and so, but I actually found my agent in Vegas. Oh, okay. but they were LA based. So that's there a, was that's this, a rarity. I feel yeah, like. it was actually this uh, acting school I was going to at the time, mm-hmm. and they were just bringing different agents from LA and casting directors and things like that, and. Um, the school just had a bad reputation, but they still brought opportunities yeah. to try to get representation or okay. booked on something. So I ended up auditioning for uh, my first agent, which was a uh, CESD, okay. uh, Cunningham Escott, slebbing the pain now. <laughs> but um, I auditioned for them, and they were like, yay, we want to see you come to L.A., you know, um, come to L.A. and audition at our office. Yeah. So I drove out to L.A., met with them, and – I, it was. I did this. Uh, it was this commercial audition they gave me. Oh. Questa Cola. <laughs> I don't know why. I'll never forget Questa that. Cola, never. Questa Cola. Questa Cola. That's so, the first. Yeah, and at that time, the the industry was a little easier to try to get an agent. Yeah. Because they had open calls on like once a month kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to one of their. They basically told me to come down during their open call. Yeah. And um, they you know had me go into the lobby for like ten minutes, read this Questa Cola joint. Um, and when I came back, I performed it and it yeah. was like different agents poking their heads up like, who's that? Yeah. And I was like, so I got their attention. Okay. And so they decided to sign me to a, a 30 day, a 90 day trial basis. Okay. So is, sign- that, is that normal? A 90 day yes. trial basis? Okay. Yeah. So normally that's, yeah, they give you 90 days to decide if they're going to, if they can get you out, like, yeah. can we submit you where eight, like, um, commercials or auditions or theatrical whatever are trying to see you and you got 90 days to see can they get you out so it's a it's a tit for tat i can cut you guys if after 90 days i don't feel like it's working or they can cut you yeah after 90 days okay i booked my first national commercial within 30 days oh wow good yeah it was uh, a right guard 
uh, deodorant commercial. Okay. And, so, <laughs> and at the time, it was with uh, Jim Brewer, who uh, starred in Half Baked. Yeah, yeah. And Randy Johnson. Oh, wow. Who was the major league pitcher at that time. Yeah, and, for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, or like the Seattle Mariners. Massive yeah. superstardom for baseball. Yeah. And um, yeah, that commercial, man, we shot for like a week because it was like stunt work and things like oh, that. Shit. So there was a, a stunt coordinator on set because we had to get hit in the face with these dodgeballs and learn how to fall and how, you know, fall where they don't have to pay you for any injuries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and the, sa- the stunt coordinator was the same stunt coordinator that uh, Jackie Chan had. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Oh, Weird. Wow. Hey. <laughs> and so we were like geeked up because it was like five of us. You know, we were all like, you know, early 20s. Yeah, yeah. And we were just geeked up to be in the commercial together. Yeah. And so um, then that commercial actually aired in the Super Bowl that year. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. You finally so got your that, Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. So that, that is like, and so, you know, you got all your friends calling, hey, where you want to, uh, did you get hit in the face with a dodgeball? Yeah. <laughs> and so, up. <laughs> yeah. So, man, it was, uh, it was exciting because that commercial aired for like two years. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my first look at yeah. booking and what residuals could look like and, yeah. Um, exposure and things like that, and so yeah, man. Like, you know? That's like the biggest time of the year for commercials too. The Super Bowl, they paid like a shit ton of yeah. money to put that on there. Yeah. Also, here's a question for you too: Do you still use do you use Right Guard because of that commercial now? I, you know what? I still from time to time still use Right Guard. <laughs> like I mean, I switch sometimes. I get Dove, but <laughs> but Right Guard is still in the mix. It's still in, it's still in Rolodex. <laughs> still in the armpit rolls. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I asked, you know, like, seriously, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, going, yeah. you're going for right guard. Yeah, like, no, you might as well, like, they might as well show you. I don't mind sharing my hygiene. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you for a right guard, right? So, so you do that. Like, what was, um, also, like, you know, you're geeked up, you said, on the set, like, yeah. especially your first major set commercial like that. Yeah. Like, what were, like, another, what was a valuable lesson, too, on that set? Man, it was the first time I saw how long it takes to film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you're looking at, 10 to 12 hours for the talent. Yeah. And then like 12 to 14 hours for the crew. And, you know, when you're shooting for a week every day, it's like you're not even filming each day. Some days are just stunt work. Yeah. And so we're just like, man, okay, so we're not even getting behind the camera today. We're just working on stunt work and falling on these foam pads and, you know, things like that. And then they're giving you the rules about the celebrities that come on the set. It's like, you know, Hey, you guys are in the commercial with them, but don't hound them. Don't, yeah. you know, and we were jerks. We were like, you know, you got five dudes that's supposed to be playing these bullies representing the um odor. Yeah. And the dodgeball is supposed to represent the power of the power caps. Oh my God, I think I remember this commercial. So, <laughs> and so Randy Johnson was supposed to come with this really mean look and scouring down yeah. at us. When the camera was on him, we were doing everything in our power to make him laugh. Oh. Like, we was not, le- like, going easy yeah, on him. Yeah, and so, like, when he's, like, grabbing, like, he had the dodgeball in his hand, and he's, like, supposed to look at us all mean. He's, like, you can see the corner of his mouth, like, kept yeah. trying to curve up because we're, like, doing all kinds of dumb stuff yeah, yeah. on the other side of the camera <laughs> just to break him. And so, because we're, like, dude, I mean... We can't really talk to you like talk talk because, they, yeah. you know, you got your, your representation and stuff like that. Yeah. But we're still going to interact with them, you yeah. know. And so, yeah, man. Um, and understanding what union was during that yeah. time and, you know, why union was so important um, for for actors. Yeah. Um, Did why. you get your union card from that? 
Did you get- well, I yeah, I got SAG eligible for okay. that because so they taff hardly me, which means they were willing to do a little, pay a little extra so that I could be in it. Yeah. Because I didn't have my SAG card, I wasn't SAG. I had yeah. nothing on my resume at that yeah. point. Yeah. But because I went in there and I'm a big dude, and you know I'm six three. Yeah. You know, and I went in there and I had I in the audition I was like there was a part where we're supposed to be afraid. Man, I screamed at the pitch highest pitch of my tone. And everybody in the room just busted out laughing because they're just like this huge dude with the, went into this high pitched voice. But when he's talking, his voice is really deep. Yeah. And so um, they was like, "Dude, we had to cast you." Yeah. But <laughs> so I had cornrows at the time. Oh. So my hair was really long. Okay. For the original audition, but I told myself, you know, I was like, "Man, you know what? I don't want to be stereotyped in my career. Like, man, I'm about to cut these off." And and and. Yeah. But I wasn't thinking about callbacks. Oh. I wasn't a really aware that, oh, they may call you again to do yeah. this again. Like everything was like learning through experience. Yeah. And so when I went back to the callback, my hair was cut low. <laughs> and so they were looking at my hair shot because my hair shot still had the cornrows and they're oh, looking geez. at me and they're like, who the hell is this? <laughs> and I said, like, it's me, sir. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, come on in. <laughs> so you could tell they had like disappointment on their face because I was supposed to look like this tough, you couldn't wait. Do with cornrows. <laughs> right. Like you couldn't wait till after you filmed yeah. this. <laughs> and so, um, but I still gave the same yeah. all out performance yeah. during a the callback. They ended up just giving me a do-rag for the commercial. <laughs> oh, close enough. Just, right, yeah, enough. just to add into the tough aspect. Now, so, yeah. now uh, doing that, did you take any commercial like classes for acting? Because I heard, I, I found this out recently when I was doing a podcast with someone. Mm. They said there's commercial classes. I was like, what the, f- what? Yeah. Not what? Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you take any before that? No. No? no? <laughs> now, I have another question for you because you, ta- you said you were taking acting classes at the mm-hmm. time, too. Now, what are you, Meisner, Adler? Adler. Okay. So it was more about method acting, yeah. and and but the main focus was Stella Adler. So my coach at the time uh, studied directly in Stella Adler's class. He oh, was wow. from New York. He studied in her class. Yeah. And so he was like homeless at the time, and he um, ended up uh, sleeping. She like allowed him to sleep in her theater. That's and nice. so she was like, well, hey, if you tend to the theater... You can be in the class. And so yeah. he was like, you know, tending to the theater and he ended up joining the class. So he pretty much taught us her methods. Wow. And so, and you know, from straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. And so we did like kind of like stage style with the emphasis on this is, but this is film and television. Yeah, yeah. So we had to try to blend it. So there was a lot of, there was no commercial focus. He was all about one act plays. Yeah. If you didn't come in, like he didn't want to see, um, these weak scenes that weren't going to pull everything out of you. Yeah, so yeah. we would come in with Neil Diamond plays and Tennessee, you know, Tennessee Williams. Wait, Neil Diamond, the, the artist? The I musician? mean, no, no, no. Uh, uh, not Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I'm drawing a blank right Neil now. Neil Simon. Uh, Neil Simon, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I think I told somebody else Neil Diamond the other day. <laughs> Man, I need to go to his concert or something. <laughs> Big Neil Diamond. Fan, <laughs> right. So, you know, Neil Diamond taught me everything I know when it comes to <laughs> Have you been listening to Sweet Carolina a little too much lately? <laughs> I was like, man, you know, it's like some, you know, the country uh, uh, shows in town. Yeah. But no, uh, so we would come in with Neil Simon plays, with Tennessee Williams plays. And so he was more on the, I want to see it all. Yeah. He didn't like commercials. 
Yeah. He was like, eh, commercial's not going to really show your best talent. Like, you should be able to just go in there and knock out a commercial. Yeah. I had to learn everything, like, on the fly. So my yeah. very first commercial audition was for a McDonald's commercial. Oh, okay. And, you know, I just went in there just and just being... I was I was being, I guess, structured, I should say. So when they say, you know, slate your name, things like that. Yeah. Hi, my name is Terrell Lee. Yeah. And that's it. And you let me see your profiles? Mm, yes, sir. And I turn each side. All right. And then we go into the scene. They went, it was like four of us auditioning at the same time because we were supposed to be like a group of friends. Yeah. This other guy, like third down in the line, they was like, uh, slate your name, sir. He's like, hey, what's going on? My name is such and such. And I looked and my head curled like, what? Yeah. We can do that? And I didn't know we can be that energetic. Yeah. I didn't, but that is what changed everything for me. Yeah. When it came to auditioning, when it came to commercials, because I was like, yeah. man. We really can just be ourselves. Yeah. Like, it's not like just you go in with what you were taught. <laughs> yeah. So I started getting to the point where, so um, Ross Lacey is one of the biggest commercial casting agents in the industry. Yeah. <clears throat> I started going to his office and just wilding out when it came to, like, I knew commercials are so quick because they're like, you know, they're 30 seconds. Yeah. And Five of those seconds may be your words. <laughs> yeah. And so when they would say slate your name, I always came in with something different. Okay. So one time it was like, you know, slate your name. I was like, <laughs> honey, look, more poor people. Hey, what's going on? My name is Terrell Lee. Then, <laughs> just taking chances. Why? I didn't care. Yeah. I just got in there and I was like, you know what? I don't care. And so I, I went in one time. Hey, what's going on? People, you know, call me Shaq, but... uh. They say me and Kobe got a little beef going on. You know, his daughter wanted to be born on the same day as mine. But it's whatever. Uh, but hey, what's going on? My name is Terrell Lee for real. <laughs> <laughs> and so it got to the point where different people, like casting agents, yeah. behind the scenes would see me come into the office sometimes and nod me on my shoulder. Hey, dude, oh my God, we be watching your slate. Hilarious. You're yeah. hilarious. Good luck. Keep doing your stuff. And run back to the back. Yeah. And so I, and I, and I, but I saw that that would, that would just actually release me to do what I needed to do for the for that audition, yeah. you know. And so at this point, I mean, I booked man maybe twenty, almost twenty seven, twenty eight commercials at this point, and at least twelve or thirteen of them were were uh, national. That's awesome. And so yeah. it was like commercials was just huge. And then yeah. I um I was just booking them like crazy. And then I told. Um, I told myself, you know what? I don't want to just do commercials. I want to do TV yeah. shows too. Yeah. So I said, the very next audition I go on, because it was the start of a new year, I said, the very next audition, theatrical audition I go on, I'm, I'm going to book it. Yeah. And it was ER. Oh, shit. And I went in and- I'm binging ER at the moment. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, this episode, I think, called Out on a Limb. Okay. And uh, it was by one of our friends, got drunk at a at a bar and- Got a concussion, stuff yeah. like that. And so um, I went in there and I booked that. And it was my first theatrical audition for that year. Oh, and I booked shit. it. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, damn it, I got the power to control. What yeah, yeah. And so I said, you know what? I want to have the look that can do movies too. And so yeah. um I was when I would start auditioning for different movies, I was just going in with the same energy. Now I didn't do my crazy audition slates for theatricals, like uh, TV shows or movies. Yeah. I only did it for commercials. Yeah. Because I felt like commercials really don't give you a chance to get to see your full spectrum of what you can do. Yeah, because that's personality. Yeah. You show that. Yeah. And so, um, and then I ended up booking the uh, the remake of Revenge of the Nerds okay. at the time. So they were rebooting it at that time. And um, 
I was uh, I booked the role of ogre. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, they were like, yeah, we're gonna use you as a trailer, yeah, and, yeah. um, you know, have you on a commercial, screaming up nerds, all that yeah. stuff, and um, we shot for like a month and a half in Atlanta, and then yeah. uh, the project got canceled. Oh shit! Yeah, it was going through like Fox Atomic, and there was just too many different uh, situations happening. Yeah, that the project just got pulled. Yeah, and so it was basically a month and a half of. Like, dang, all that work we were doing and filming and acting up, we we, we acted up. Well, shit, if you were over, you could have ended up in like a Bloodsport remake then. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, dude, it was like, it was, it was, I was looking at that. This was going to be my, that, this is the, the cornerstone yeah, of my yeah. career right now. It's going to take me to the next level. Yeah. And so Dietrich Bader was actually on the set who's, um, who's that from group? The Office. Oh, okay. And so um, from the movie The Office. Yeah. So he was the one that was that neighbor that was like, hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. All right. And he was on uh, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway yeah, yeah. and things like that. And so he was on the set playing a character and he was like, dude, you are fucking hilarious. Yeah. He's like, man, you are going to steal this fucking movie. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm listening to him like, dude, that's. Yeah, that's Dietrich Bader telling me this. Yeah, yeah, like that's what's up, you know. And so, you know, but everything happens for a reason because the producer of that remembered me for other things. Perfect. So even though the movie didn't pan out, I still planted seeds yeah. for future work, you know. So yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Did you stay in Atlanta at all after that, or did you just come back to? Atlanta? No, I came back. Okay. Yeah, no, they. I had a round trip ticket, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was wondering. But, if- yeah, guys, we're uh, we're shutting down the movie. Um, you know, we're we're gonna look for another location, but until then, we're sending you guys all home. Yeah, yeah, they sent us home. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. so you went back to, and did you finish your degree by that time, or was that still you're still doing like? Yeah, I went back to finish because I was actually in school. Yeah. When I had got the role. Oh, okay. And so that's why another reason why I was excited because I was like, man, they're going to freaking, I'm going to be in college doing this crazy drunken college movie. I'm going to be the man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, hope. you imagine we're riding around Vegas and you're on freaking billboards and in college? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Shit. It was, it was, I was ready. But at the same time, things happen for a reason. Yeah. If, if, it wasn't meant to happen at that time. Yeah. I, I I don't think I would be as mature as I am now if it would have happened at that time. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's I see why people can get a little bit of extra light, and you start getting these roles, and you start going to another level, and you forget your humility at the same time. Yeah, because I'm I mean, dude, I'm in Atlanta, and we're shooting this movie, and I, I mean, there's Nick Zano is on the set with us. Channing Tatum was there. Jenna oh, wow. Tatum was there. Ephraim uh, from Napoleon Dynamite, who played Pedro. Okay. Um, Ryan Pinkston, at that time, he was doing all the punked series. Oh, he was yeah, like yeah. the little kid that was always answering all yeah. the crazy questions. He's also a martial artist. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. I saw him on ESPN once. So. Yeah, because he was in uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, something yeah. like that. And, and, uh, no, he was in uh, um, Spy Kids 3. Yeah, Spy Kids. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then you had uh, who else? There was. Um, Dan Bird, who was in uh, The Hills Have Eyes, Part One, he wow. played the son. I'm surprised they um, not like they didn't find the financing to finish this movie. Is it? Oh my god, dude! Katie Cavallari, she was there. Like, it was shit. a lot, man. It was a lot of us that were just. We had so much fun while we were there, but we were at the time we were all virtually kids. Yeah, you know, um, we were all in our early twenties. Yeah, just had a great time. We were in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, in a five star hotel. Yeah. Who nobody telling us <laughs> nothing, you know? And so we just had a great time. But you know, I'm still cool with the directors and the yeah. producers of that joint. And 
like I said, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, and whether if it comes back or not, I mean, I would love to just see a remake, but at the same time, some movies, it's hard to do a remake. That's true, yeah. it's almost like they should be untouchable because the next generation isn't going to quite understand it the way we saw it. Yeah. You know, and so, and I mean, Revenge of the Nerds was before both our times. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. You know, but but yeah, man, it was, it was, it, it was, it, I, I came back out here and Got back on the grind, man. So what were you doing on the grind then when you got back here? When you got man, back out here. When I do the grind, man, it's nothing gets in my way when it comes yeah. to my career. I, I don't I don't let jobs, I don't let sicknesses. I mean, I've shot and filmed projects and I've had a family member die that day and still had to film that day. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, actually I was traveling to go film. I was traveling to LA to go film. Yeah. I didn't say, Oh, hey guys, I can't make it today because you know, I want my family members pass away. Yeah. Like, you know, it's I've gotten sick on set <laughs> where they shot me with some Benadryl and it get back in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Holy because shit. it's a business. Yeah, it's show business. Yeah, it's show business. It's not nothing personal. It's yeah. just it's a business. And until you become important, you're not important enough to be able to call the shots like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but one thing I always see. Um, and I'm gonna just segue into that. Yeah. One thing I always see is there's so many actors that say they this is the passion that they want. Yeah. This is the career that they want, but they're not willing to take the blows yeah. that this industry can give. You know, yeah. and, and that's what I tell a lot of students that I coach. I always tell them, dude, you're gonna get knocked down. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna hear more no's than yes. Yeah. The biggest Part of acting is auditioning. Yeah. You know, whether if you get it or not, that's that's the biggest part of acting. Mm. And but the thing is, don't get knocked out. Well, well let's go back now real quick. Mm-hmm. When did you start a school a school of teaching acting? When did you do that? Um, so maybe about almost eight years ago. Oh wow. Yeah. And so um I was always getting people that would ask me to coach them. Yeah. Um I've had friends that one's on a uh a, a a show right now as a series regular. And oh, cool. before her career started up, she would always give me a call and I'd be like, hey, you know, um, can you run these lines with me? Or yeah. like, what's going on? Like, I'm trying to audition and and something's not happening and clicking in the audition room. I'm not booking these roles. And she yeah. was a fantastic actress. And now it's just the world is starting to see it. Yeah. And so, but, you know, it's not until we own ourselves in the most uncomfortable situations, yeah. which is the audition room, that people, the world's going to be able to see who we really yeah. are. And so I got I got tired of people just saying, hey, can I have some advice for stuff? Yeah. And I got to the point where I was like, you know what? Let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> let me teach you. Yeah. And and if you're willing to learn, let me instruct you. Yeah. And so, yeah. So it's been about eight years now um, that I've been teaching, teaching different clients and students. Yeah. And I mean, some students have... Landed uh, series regular roles on Nickelodeon. Oh wow! Um, yeah, like it's been you know it's that's one of the greatest things a coach wants to hear. But yeah. also for students, they want to see that their coach is still working. You yeah. know, if I'm booking, I'm showing you what's working in the industry right now. Yeah, I'm not a coach that's saying, oh, well, this is what used to work. I'm yeah. I'm I'm retired from acting now, so I'm just gonna coach you. Yeah, you know, you're, you're doing both. Yeah, you know, so it's like I'm always adapting to what the industry, where the industry is going. Yeah, so I'll never be outdated when I'm coaching them. Yeah, your you fingers know? on the pulse all, exactly. at all times. Exactly. And, and exactly. here's a question too for you because like this is perfect because you're you're a coach and you're an actor. Now here's someone mentioned this to me about two three weeks ago on the podcast. My friend Dan is mm-hmm. on. He's an actor also, and he was saying that it 
that um, someone was taught. I'm going to paraphrase really badly here, but basically someone said, oh, where are you from? And he never really tells them where he's from. And he goes, oh, the guy made a joke, like, oh, if you're from Vegas, I would never hire you from Vegas. Yeah. Now, being a coach and an actor, <laughs> why do we have, why does Vegas actors have a stigma, stigma, I guess, that's the, if that's the correct term. Like, I know, I should told, be laughing the yeah. entire time you're saying Vegas at your answer to this question. Yeah. <laughs> um, Vegas has that stigma. You know, the industry can even look at Vegas as unprofessional, yeah. you know, when it comes to the talent out here and the focus. We're, we're, you know, I've ran into a lot of a lot of people from different cultures, different um, countries that have moved to Vegas, and they say they call Vegas the ninth island. Yeah. And it, it truly is like the ninth island. You know, it's there's no place really like it. Yeah. You know, 24 hours of everything. There's always yeah. a shift for every person that wants to work whatever shift. There's, yep. you know, when it comes to the schooling systems, there's a bunch of, you know, uh, areas where you have to compete against the casino industry yeah. when you're trying to tell a student, hey, you should go to college and, you know, get earn your degree yeah. and make more money and things like that. But you got this casino saying, you can be a valet and make six figures this year, and you can make more than the teacher that was telling you to go to college. Yeah, you know, there, there's always this combative aspect. But what I have personally ran into in Vegas is everybody wants to get paid, and that's the main focus versus experience. And let me earn my way to that money. Yeah, um, the dedication is not. I haven't really seen it completely there. Yeah. I've had where I've actually did projects here in town where I've had clients back out at the last minute. Yeah. I've had uh actors say, Oh yeah, um they they've been established in like an episode of something or in, in the series, and then they're like, Oh, um, and I had something come up, I can't do this anymore. Oh, I have my my um I have a situ- another situation happening. I won't be able to be a part of the show anymore. Yeah. Oh, but you could just replace me with another actor. Do you know how hard it is to just replace somebody? Yeah. When you've already been established as that character. Yeah, I mean, look at, look at going back to Family Matters and Fresh Prince. I mean, right, seriously. Right. It's like you didn't credit is given to those actresses that play the moms. Yeah. But everybody loved the original moms. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, when you fall in love with a character, you want to grow with that character. Yeah. You don't want to have to be snatched like adoption. Yeah. And all and, of a sudden, and, and I got to learn to love somebody new. And the crazy <laughs> thing is they, they, went, they, they did that change. Well, I don't, not Fresh Prince, but more going back to Family Matters mm. during the last season. Yeah. And I think it was the middle of the last season, too. They did a lot of unexplained things <laughs> yeah. throughout that show. And you know where even the youngest daughter never you never see her again after like the second season yeah Judy. It's like yeah I think yeah I think actually I think it was like the fourth season oh okay yeah four. that she just goes upstairs and never comes back down yeah and you're like what the crap yeah and they don't even show that on like Hulu yeah <laughs> I think that whole episode is gone so, <laughs> who is she now <laughs> right you know but there's it's the dedication like a lot of I've run into actors in Vegas that feel. Entitled, yeah, you know, like they don't have to do training, they don't yeah. have to take classes. Yeah. They are doing enough short films and, and things that all of a sudden now they have the experience to want to hold down a leading role. And, yeah, and where I'm like, dude, I my mindset, even when I've taken classes, I I'm always training. Yeah, yeah. like my acting coach used to always try to kick me off the stage. 
because I would come to class memorize one act plays. Yeah. At least three of them memorized with three different people because I never wanted to get off the stage. I always yeah. said, man, no, just switch them out. Yeah. Where he would literally have to come on, come on, T, just get off. I got to get yeah. other people up there. And I'm like, but they're seeing this with me. Yeah. <laughs> I have three memorized. Right, you know, and... <laughs> Like, there's times where I was driving back and forth to L.A. for auditions, and my car um, just finally clunked out. Yeah. And I would I would then take the Greyhound bus. Yeah. And one time I took the Greyhound bus, and I jumped on a 11 o'clock at night uh, bus, got to L.A. at like 2 in the morning, had an audition that day at like 11 a.m., jumped back on a 12 o'clock bus, got to Vegas at like wow. tw- uh, maybe around 8 or 9 p.m., and because it wasn't it wasn't an express bus, yeah. And so, and then my grandfather would pick me up from the bus station and be like, "Hey, uh, you got another audition? Uh, your agent called you." Because at that point, you know, I wasn't making money like that, yeah, so yeah. my phone was cut off. And so my grandfather and my grandmother was like taking my appointments for me, like <laughs> they could call their house. Your man, yeah. And so they were like, "Oh, you, you know, you got another audition tomorrow." <laughs> Literally, wouldn't even leave the bus station, just buy another ticket for the eleven o'clock bus Holy to go right back to uh, L.A. Dedication, like, man. Man, when and I hustling. say dedication and hustling to the point where I wouldn't even take jobs that wouldn't understand. Yeah, like you know, you look at like different actors that have slept in their cars trying to follow their dreams. Yeah. Uh, lost their jobs, you know, um, and where you can say, man, but they could have went and got a nine to five job. Yeah, yeah. They could have just went and got a nine to five job, got an apartment, and earned, made some money, had some food to eat. Yeah. But they were so focused on their passion, and now these people are like tycoons in their industry. Yeah. You know, because they 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 made sure that sac- if if something's going to sacrifice, it wasn't their dream. Yeah. And I find too many people sacrificing their dream. Yeah. Out here. Mm-hmm. And where if something's got to go to the wayside, it's the acting classes. Yeah. It's it's the acting industry. It's the career. One thing that's going to make them happy, they they let that fall to the wayside. And it's yeah. just like, dang, are you serious? Like, but you say you want to be, you want this as your passion, but you're inconsistent in your training. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going to hire any, I don't even want a doctor checking my pulse. If you only come to work once every other week, unless you're making a lot of money, and you- <laughs> right? Like, I, unless you're like a top-notch doctor, but if you're like an intern, yeah, yeah, you know, and or you're you're um, a resident as a, a resident, as ER would be. <laughs> right? But you, ba- but they you barely come to work, yeah, yeah. or barely study. Nah, I'm cool. I, I don't yeah, want yeah. you drawing my blood. You, you know, I need somebody else that's gonna look for my veins. Yeah, like that's the thing that I, I think separates L.A. From Vegas, like yeah. L.A., you'll. I'm not saying that. Oh, L.A.'s got all the best actors as well. No. Like we're but there's all a hustle. Still, there's a, yeah, there's, there's a, a hustle there. Yeah. Like we're all still growing. We're all still learning. Yeah. Even the greatest actors still have private coaching for yeah. certain roles. Yeah. But in L.A., you'll have actors that will go and do lunch together, working on scenes. Yeah. They they always make sure they meet up and they're always in classes. Yeah. Most of them are always in a class, and they're freaking expensive classes out there. Yeah. You can have an affordable class out here, and I guarantee you, most of them be like, ah, nah, I can't really do it. Yeah. But then they want everything under they want everything under the sun when it comes to this career. Hey, I'm here in town. I'm ready to. Um, somebody's casting for something. Hey, keep me in mind. Yeah. And you'll see it when they audition sometimes, and you're like. You need to get in classes, man. Yeah. Like, what? Where is this naivete to feel like you don't need classes? Yeah. Like, the only time my acting coach told me, the only time you can take a step back on like a group class session is if you're booking to the point you can't be in class. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's where that's where you you know okay you're on the right path. Yeah. If you're not a series regular on something, which I'm not saying I'm the greatest actor in the world, but yeah. I have been a series regular on on ABC or yeah. on Fox. Um, going through Adam Sandler's production company, I was a series regular on a uh, Breaking In. Okay. And so it's like, we're I, I'm always grinding, yeah. but at the same time, I'm still never stop working on yeah. my craft. And and that's where I I see the difference when it comes to Vegas. Yeah, there's not a consistency on yeah. working on a craft. There's just a consistency of people wanting to jump in short films. Yeah, but not a consistency in training. Yeah, and I think I think I was telling uh, Malia this actually before. It's like eighty percent to ninety percent of people out here who are probably actually I'll say, and this is my opinion, are probably the people that aren't working on their craft. Mm-hmm. And a good ten to twenty percent are those people that are working on their craft. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's the thing. And you're like, man. And so you'll get people that say, like I said, yeah, they say they want this as a career, but they're not willing to take those 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 uh, L's yeah. <laughs> when because L's don't mean just you you didn't book yeah. the job. L's also mean sacri- like financial L's. <laughs> and, and, and also, you said it's a number. You said you're going to get a lot more no's. It's a numbers game. Yeah. Even like any profession that you have, it's a numbers game. Yeah. So that's another thing too. They have to understand. And right. that's another thing I think too is criticism. People don't take mm. criticism. Well out here. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially if you look at the, like, they wonder why they don't have an agent. Yeah. And it's like, but, but there's, what what's, what the, what's the feedback you're yeah. getting? Because I know they're going and auditioning for agencies or submitting their headshots yeah. or whatever, you know, but it's like, how are you taking the feedback you're given when you've auditioned for someone and you didn't get the role? Because yeah. it can't just be you're based off of. The roles you get from people you constantly work with, yeah, because those are your friends, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like you, you can't take that word as you're ready to jump into the industry head head yeah. on. You know, like whose workshops are you guys jumping in? Even if yeah. you're not taking a class in Vegas, jump in a bunch of workshops in LA. Yeah. The casting directors constantly do workshops. Yeah, you know, um, like myself, I just found myself doing a workshop with uh, Sharon Liebline, and she used to be the head of casting for Nickelodeon. Oh wow, and but I'm always willing to humble myself to yeah. because I'm like, dude, until I get to exactly where I want to be, yeah. training doesn't ever need to stop. Yeah. And, and that's what people need to understand. Yeah, and that honestly that my old boss used to say a lot. Training never stops. You yes. can't stop training. Yes. I used to hate that job, but saying You learned a lot. You, you learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll we'll continue this conversation a little bit. Usually I usually leave this part at the end, but we're we're kinda in the middle of it right now. Mm. But you know, the film community out here in general too. Like mm-hmm. what are the pros and cons and like what can we do to reach that next level? Because I think we're at this glass ceiling, right? And we're mm. kissing the glass, not really full lips to it, like kind yeah. of touching the lips to the glass. What can we do to go through the glass? That sounded wrong. What can we do to go through the glass? Um, Let's start with the pros of the film community out here. Uh, pros, there's a lot of great cinematographers out here. Yeah. Um, a lot of creative minds. Um People that are creating things that it's not necessarily out there right now, yeah. you know. Um, but there is there the the cons. I would say is the follow through. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people that are so focused on the money, mm-hmm. even on the back end, that it's yeah. it's like, dang, like okay, <laughs> I get it. We all would love to get paid for stuff. Yeah, but you know how God breaking in. Doing a pro bono short film yeah. for a buddy of mine's. He was already on a TV show. He decided he was like, I want to pitch my own. 
So he shot a promo of a uh, of a uh, a trailer that yeah. he's trying to do for his own show. Well, he was like, "Yo, T, won't you be in it?" Yeah. He wasn't paying me to do it. Yeah. Like, but you get so many actors out here. The first thing that comes out their mouth is, "How much is it paying?" Yeah. Okay. Um. What's the schedule like? Because I won't be able to make it on such and such and such such day. There's all this demand happening yeah. that Hollywood's gonna like turn it back on you. Yeah. And they're, gonna, and they're gonna laugh in your face, and then you may get blacklisted. Yeah. Because they're gonna be like, they're gonna Hollywood has a long memory. Yeah. They they remember faces. They yeah. remember like negative interactions. Mm-hmm. So. I shot this uh, short film for my buddy. He was pitching it to Sony because he was already on a show for Sony. So he just had an end to actually get some execs and people to look at it. Well, when he shot this thing, the execs passed on the show because they said, we already tried something like that, so we don't want to go that route just yet. Yeah. But who's that guy? And they pointed me out. Yeah. And they said, huh, we want him on this show that we got. And I was breaking it. Shit. That's awesome. I didn't audition for it. They literally went straight off my tape, called my agent, and said, hey, so uh, Breaking In wants to put you on uh, the next episode. Yeah. And then they're just going to kind of play it by ear from there. Yeah. And I was like, cool. So this is a potential reoccurring joint? Okay, bet. I ended up going um, to the studio that, uh, to the set that day. I didn't. I think I just changed in the wardrobe, and then they called me up to the offices before I even got on the set. I oh, ain't even shit. not. I didn't record a line or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Get up to the offices, and they're like, "Hey, so we know you're living in Vegas right now. Um, how are you gonna feel about driving back and forth? Because we're gonna have you on every episode from here on out." Wow. Huh. Sometimes you gotta just gotta have faith in people's projects. Yeah. And and not everything is about the money because yeah, some yeah. people want to break you financially yeah. because they want to make sure that regardless of where your project go, they come up. Yeah, and that and that's that. It's like a dog eat dog world out here. Yeah, you know. So where it's like people aren't really working together necessarily. Yeah, that, that's you know? a, that's a big one I think too. Is like it's uh I I said this on a couple of podcasts too. It's like it's like a high school. Yeah, there's too many clicks. Yes, there's too many draw. Like you know, not drama. I mean, maybe there's drama, but there's just too many clicks out here in general yeah. that. We had a small community in general, but it's just so like segregated yes. different people. And also the piggyback kind of off your point about the money thing. It's funny because my friend George was on this podcast a handful of weeks ago. If you guys remember George Elias, uh, he said basically he's he's saying like I'll pay you like twenty five bucks or I'll pay you like you know I'll give you food whatever it is if you mm. want to be you know he wants people on his in his shorts and his yeah, short yeah. little films. And they're like no they're not they're either gonna flake out on or say no and like it's like it's, it's what you can give them. Right, you know, what I mean, it's it's, it's not not much, but at the same right. time, it's something he's trying to give something to them. But you never know who but, he may become to yeah. be, or also who <laughs> he has so much content. He has over two hundred videos, I think, on his uh, YouTube right now. Mm. That it's like even if someone finds it, yeah, like they're there, and like he's posting on Facebook, he's posting on YouTube. It's just your con. It's more for your reel too. Yeah, and it's, it, yeah, it's twenty five bucks for gas. Yeah, whatever. You know That's that workshop said, said they actually mentioned. Yeah, it was like. Whatever you do as a talent, yeah. put it on YouTube. Yeah. It's like, but treat it like a business. Don't yeah. treat it like, oh, this is my personal, my personal blog where I want to put anything yeah. on there. Because they said the industry also will see all the negative stuff you put on there yeah. and won't cast you based off of if they see something negative that yeah. could bring a negative light to the project. And so, but but yeah, like I mean, you never know. Yeah. And you know, there's so many directors that where I've I've seen and or people I've worked for where at that point, they weren't doing all this stuff. Yeah. Like, 
when uh, I first met uh, the producer of the go of Break It In, he was he was he was on the come up, and but I never looked at him as what you gonna do for me. Yeah, like I didn't talk to him for four years after uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, literally four years later, <laughs> he reached out. Yeah, and uh, th- we got back in touch, and he reached out to me. Yeah, I didn't bug him. I didn't say, "Oh man, what you doing?" And yeah. oh, come on, I know you got this thing going with the studio and blah blah blah. I trust it. Yeah, because they have long memories for a reason. Yeah, and he ended up uh, letting me reoccur uh, with a, with a character on the Goldbergs. Yeah, and then when I just shot uh, the TV show Schooled. Yeah, I, some people you don't even have to audition anymore. They know what you can do, yeah. and that's the thing. People aren't willing to plant seeds. Yeah. And sometimes you got to plant seeds. Like, you know, I've had people that have done skits for me and where I'm like, dude, like I've done a skit with one of my buddies and that joint hit 5 million views. Yeah. And, but it's like, he knows my work ethic. He know what I'm going to do in these skits. I'm going to, all gloves are off. I'm about to go crazy. Yeah. But other people will say, I'm going to be in your skit. But it's like, if we're in the skit and I got to coach you. Yeah. Because you're holding back. Because you're not doing what I need you to do to bring this skit to life. Like even training helps you understand that skits are different. Yeah. Than film and television. There's a different level of energy. It's yeah. like being on SNL. Yeah. There's a different level of energy you gotta bring to it. But some people don't wanna take the time to be instructed. Yeah. I'm not saying you gotta be with a coach for, for life. No coach should want you as a student for life. They should want you to get out there and start working. Yeah, yeah. But you got to get to the point where you got to say, you know what? At least let me give myself six months to a year to train. Yeah. Because I need to go to the next level. Yeah. Because it can't just be, oh, but I feel like I'm delivering this naturally. <laughs> Based off of whose Who, perception? Your perception. Right. Not your perception, but your person. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, man. that's Those are some of the challenges that I've, yeah. I've run into in Vegas. What can we do to break that glass ceiling, though, then? <sighs> um, I mean... I, Honestly, I don't think there's anything you can do. It, it's like life. People jump on board when they see the train is going. Yeah. And then now they're taking what you say seriously. So yeah. say like your buddy, um, the one with the... Uh, George? George. Yeah. So say like him. Let George all of a sudden start doing stuff where he's putting up content and he's getting 60,000 views per yeah. content. 800 something thousand views yeah. per content. Now, when he starts saying something, yeah, people are gonna start listening. Yeah, unfortunately, like I said, you're not important until you become important. Yeah, and that's when people want to all of a sudden now they want to listen to you. Yeah, they don't want to listen to your experience. They don't want to listen to oh, but you've been doing this for a while. Like, yeah, let me be on a Denzel status. I guarantee people will soak up everything I said like it's a Sunday meal. I'm soaking it up right now. Like <laughs> but but that, that's because that's you have a willing mindset to at least. Hear another perspective. Yeah. It's not you're just focused on I'm trying to create my own path. Yeah. In an area that the only thing you control in this industry is your audition. Yeah. That's the only thing you control. Outside of that, you don't control nothing. Nope. And, and but they don't, but people got to be willing to understand that yeah. and humble themselves. So I think, honestly, yeah, I think that's the thing that can break that mold and that, that, that circle of, of, of inconsistency yeah. is humility. People humbling themselves yeah. more. Because I'm like, I don't care what status you get to, everybody needs to humble themselves at some point. Yeah. 
I'm always willing to humble myself. I will go, like I plan to take a, a commercial class. Yeah. Never taken one because I felt like, yeah, I don't need to take a commercial class. Yeah, and it's bought, funny because you, you did already like 12, you said 12 maybe more now by now because you mentioned it in the beginning. Yeah, like 20-something commercials yeah. at this point. And because it was just common sense to me. Though, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like common sense for me. Yeah. But the greatest gift is education and yeah. knowledge. So yeah. it's like, well, I found out that um two of the biggest... Casting commercial casting directors have a commercial class. Why don't Shit, why, not, why won't I go take that class for five weeks? Yeah. Just because they are the biggest casting commercials agents in the industry, and you get so much better too, right? I mean, you're already better because you work on national right. commercials, but still, like you're you're leveling up, right? Like, you're it's like, you're it's like when you read something for a second time, yeah, you always get something new, yep, because it, you you just looked at it with a different pair of eyes yep. because some time has gone by, so it's like. Dude, I just booked a commercial. Yeah. And without taking this commercial class. So it's like, but why wouldn't I take it just to gain the knowledge? Like, yeah. why not just have the knowledge just for me? Yeah. You know? Always and something so, new. Yeah. And so I even told one of my students, like, yo, we, we, we're both going to go down to LA. We're going to go down once a week. I'm always in LA two to three times a week anyway. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to go to LA. And I'm, I was like, we're both going to go down there and we're going to both take this commercial class because nice. I want to see him progress. Yeah. You know? So it's like, but he's willing to do it. Yeah. Some people aren't willing to sacrifice or just say, you know what, let me just do it. And and that's, but that's, you got to have the humility. Yeah. You know? Do I know this student? Yeah, yeah, he's oh. actually in siblings. Okay. <laughs> I am on, put him on blast right now. Uh, like, nah, he's good. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's, uh, what are you doing now? What are you, what are you working on now? What, you've been doing commercials and uh, yeah, TV man. shows and what, what personal projects are you doing? So right now I have the TV show, uh, the web series Siblings. Yep. Um, been focusing on that. Um, you know, one thing I was told by one of my good good buddies, um, he said, you know, if you're not if you're not creating, you're waiting. Yeah. And with Hollywood, you can be waiting for a long time. Yeah. So the in between times create. So yeah. I decided to create a web series um, called Siblings and. I'm having fun doing it, and yeah. because Hollywood's gonna stereotype you yeah. to what they see you playing, so the web series gives me opportunity to show them what else I can do. Mm-hmm. So the more I keep, you know, showcasing myself in other avenues, the more yeah. you never know whose eyes is gonna catch. Nope, never know. You don't have to have three hundred thousand views to hope that it lands on the right pair of eyes. Yeah, all it takes is that one person. That's in the right place to say, you know what? I like this freaking show. Yeah. And then they show it to somebody that they feel like they want to pick you up on. And all of a sudden, there you go. Exactly. You know, because it's a, it's it's not about how many eyes look at it. It's, like, it's the right pair yeah. of eyes looking at it. Yeah. And so I, I've been having fun creating that. You know, I've been yeah. having fun doing that. And that's your first time writing? Or yeah, well, it's the, or second. the second. It's the second. Okay. So I wrote, a, I wrote another show. Um, uh, a it originally started off like as a as a movie, yeah. But I decided to turn it into a, a comedy, um, okay. a comedy series, and so um, don't want to put the name out there just yet because I'm still uh, still in a pitching process for well, it. And so, you but be um, the fifth on the show, by the way. Right. <laughs> but it's great because I've been learning that I have a com a nick a knack for just writing comedy. Yeah. And and with that plus my own improv skills, I be throwing in there. Yeah. yeah. It's. Because sometimes, you know, people that have worked with me, they know. It's written, but on the day, you may get something else out of me. Yep. <laughs> I know from everything. So. <laughs> and as long as it, it um, you know, I just did this improv for this uh, 
I had this audition for this uh, untitled comedy series, and I said something during the improv because you just you just flow with the other person. Yeah. Was the that all for casting? Yeah. Oh, so it's an improv casting? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, so it was that was the first time I've actually had to improv yeah. an audition. Wow, that's cool. And so he said something, and I was like, um, I was I was talking. I was asking, because uh, I had to place an imaginary person on the left yeah, of yeah. me to keep them involved in the conversation I was having with the casting director. And I said, something, you know, about, because um, you, you never know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. You just you, you just got to keep your mind open and ready. Yes. And and so he said, I said something. I said, I, I don't know. what When last time everybody came to your house, um, wasn't like a frisking happened or something like that? <laughs> and he was like, wait, whoa, whoa. You, there was a stop and frisk before you went into the house. I said, no, no, no. It was more of an open frisk. Everybody was just willing. And so, <laughs> and so he had to stop. He almost started laughing in the midst of our audition. And so whether, you know, the thing what I've learned is whether if you get the role or not, is did you have fun when yeah. you did it? Because most successful actors would tell you, as soon as they audition, they throw the sides away. Yeah. And they forget about the project until it needs to be remembered. Yeah. And that's how you not that's how you learn to not stress. That's how you learn to keep keep things moving and that you just have fun doing a character before you even book the role. Yeah. Like the auditions are your opportunities to play these yeah. different characters and just have fun doing it. Yeah. Let the other let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. But as long as they see that, man, this guy is having this guy or woman that's coming in having a great time. And I get to see who they really are. And this is what they potentially may look like while they're on set. Because your audition is supposed to be what it could be like on set. Not in just in the room, but this is what I this is what I feel when I'm if, if I'm filming it. Yeah. You may get the job. Shit, I wanna go on an improv audition now. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was fun. Like, yeah. you know, and and they they kind of pulled one of uh, your moves. Oh, okay. After the, you know, we cut, yeah. they said one of my lines yeah. again as they were still typing up yeah. some stuff. So I was like, ah, <laughs> landed in your memory on that one. <laughs> and so, but I just have fun, man. Yeah, yeah. I hey, just have fun. So you gotta do. I mean, what's the old saying? If it's um I always get this fucked up, but if it it's not a if you if you you don't work a day in your life if it's a job. Wait, if it's a wait. How the fuck is thing going? I know I have to get the job. If you don't work, if if you work a day in your life, it's a job or some shit like that. But if, if you don't feel like you're working a day in your life, it's a career or something. Like, whatever that saying is, I always mess yeah, up. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I somehow, but yeah, you should basically feel yeah. like you're you're. I mean, as actors, we get to play pretend for the rest of our yeah. lives, man. So it's like just have fun. Yeah, just have fun. Just have fun. Yeah, uh, and then. Also, is it your first time directing for siblings as well? Or have you done a few directing stuff as well? So when I did the teaser yeah. for the other show, I directed that one. Yeah. Um I kind of blended. So my friend that's on the uh the TV series now, mm -hmm. she did some of the directing also for me. So she came down from LA yeah. and she did some of the directing also because it's just so hard to be the actor and a director. Yeah. You know, and so scenes that I would be in. Um, she would direct it, yeah. you know, and so the, then the scenes that I wasn't in, we would co-direct it, but gotcha. I would still let her be the lead, mm -hmm. you know, I would just give an idea and then she'll, you know, she'll run with it. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, no, Siblings is the first consistent directing and writing off, off a of fly yeah. <laughs> project that I've had to do because it was all, the, the, the season was written out, yeah. but as we've been going I'm learning the 
the ugly of being behind the scenes also. Yeah. Actors dropping out or or not committing to the roles, actors yeah. disappearing on me and not showing up for for filming days and where it's just it, it it's frustrating yeah. where it's like, "Dang, so unless you're signed to a contract and getting paid, I can't get your commitment." Yeah. You know, and and so but I'm giving out, you know, you you're getting uh film credits, you're yeah. adding to your resume, you're getting you know, some uh, a demo reel, yeah. you know, stuff you can throw into a demo reel. Yeah. All these things that it just, I mean, it's, but when I see how I can be tested yeah. and still try to prevail, yeah. when I look back, it's like, you're just getting me ready. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to play a little devil's advocate too with that real quick with the, the actors like who can't, you know, because of um, time commitments with mm. like work and stuff like that. I mean, some of them can't get PTO and stuff like that mm. or pay time off. So I mean, it's a little hard for them. Well, these are these are ones. Are, these are their days off. Oh, okay. No, never, never mind. Sorry. Should've yeah, pre- yeah. Sure, no, these are their days off. Yeah. You know, because one thing I do understand is yeah. when you do independent, you do have to try yeah. to work around some people's yeah. schedules. But at the same time, you can't shift an entire production because of one person. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. You know that you, you can't. Yeah. You know, and I'm not the type to want to. Um, cater to anybody in a way that you're going to be shocked when Hollywood doesn't. Yeah, you know, and so I, I like to operate in in the aspect of like whatever's required, like what Hollywood requires of me. That's what I require on my sets. Gotcha. You know, yeah. it's it's I'm going to give you my all. Yeah, and that's all I want in return. Like, give me your all because I'm going to give you my all. Yeah, and and I I remember teams. Yeah. You know, whatever I can do with my team and take them to the next level with me, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> Question also for you too mm. is uh, being you know directing now. Is it do you find it easier to direct because you have uh, coached so many people acting, or is it still a challenge? Like, what's the challenges of directing? Um, you you can't be in two places at once. because <laughs> <laughs> when you're directing and you're acting. You're gonna forget something. Yeah, you know, you, you you can't keep running back. Let me see how that played out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And because you can't see where it needs to line up, and you you know when yeah. you're in front of the camera, you know, unless you take a a, a still shot, and that's a that's tedious going yeah, back yeah. and forth. And so, um, but also even trying to direct other actors while you're in your moment. Yeah. So it that's you have to be distracted. You yeah. know, and and not commit completely sometimes to your moment because you're paying attention to what the other actor's doing. Yeah. Because you are the director also. Yeah, so yeah. it's like it, it's it's exhausting. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm usually drained by wow. by the end of filming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand now. <laughs> so let we're gonna wrap up a little bit here and uh just give us your social media real quick. Yeah, so uh my IG is Optimus Q. At Gmail, um, at or, Gmail for uh, yeah. IG for Instagram. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So uh, Optimus Q is how you can find me on oh, okay. like all my social media. Oh, okay. So it's O P T I M U S Q. That's a shout out for my frat brothers. Omega Side Five Fraternity Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Optimus Q. Listen, hopefully they'll hear right. <laughs> Optimus Q is uh is my uh, IG. Um, you can also uh, look at Optimus QT uh, at uh, like, and that's O P T I M U S Q and the letter T for Twitter uh, and on uh, YouTube. You can go to Divine Light Productions and check out all the latest episodes of Siblings, skits, uh, 
TV shows, commercials, anything that I've done, and future projects that are to come. And last but not least, I forgot to do this before the social media part, but do you have any other nuggets, golden information that you want to give to the people listening? Hmm. Um, usually, usually what I like to say is, you know, when you got a dream and you got a passion, um, don't let anything get in your way. Because the worst thing that you ever want to have in life is regrets that you could have done more. Like that, that's, that's the worst thing you can feel when you leave anything, any aspect of life, any relationship, any job, any you know, audition is, ah, I could have done more. So give it your all. Just give it your all. Awesome. Great way to end the show, too. Thank you, T, for being on the no show. Problem. It was a Thanks pleasure. Thanks for having me, sir. Dude, I'm, I was very excited. I'm excited for every podcast, but I'm excited for this one, too. <laughs> Don't worry. But thank you again. And guys, thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And to all your brothers out there in the, what was it? Fraternity. Fraternity. <laughs> Omega what? Omega Sci-Fi. Yeah, Omega Sci-Fi. You better be listening to this. Or I'm going to find you all and like, we're going to talk later. But <laughs> And you guys, remember, we have a Patreon page as well. Like I said in the beginning of the show, a dollar to five dollars. And if you get in that top tier, you get the next week's podcast today. And if you're in that dollar tier, you get three days before. And remember, too, casual. We have t-shirts now at teespring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. Sorry again, guys. I cannot change the store title or the store link. Uh, so shirts, crew, and V-neck going from basically $20.99 to about $25.99. And remember, it says hashtag frame chaser, which welcome to the family. You are a frame chaser, my dude. You are the yeah. definition of a frame chaser. Yeah. And again, I can't do this without my frame chasers who listen to this show, who hopefully nice. are gaining knowledge every week from someone on this show. I hope you guys are. I hope you guys are like getting some good nuggets from the show. And again, awesome. I can't do it without your love and support. And again, guys, thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. And hopefully we'll catch you next time on Chasing the Frame. That's next Wednesday. Check it out. See you guys. Peace. Peace.